Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello world, and welcome to the best podcast on planet Earth. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host, Travis MCP. Space travel. I just say space travel. That's right, baby. Space travel. If you're new here, welcome to the GadgetCast. Super excited to be here, having all types of fun with all of our favorite people. And for those of you listening on the audio podcast, we're actually doing something a little different today. I'm actually also streaming this live to my YouTube channel just because why not? I'm excited, Greg. Travis is, uh, you know, taking a bold step of just streaming to his YouTube channel. And here I am. I could I could ruin it for him. So I'm going to try my best <laughs> not to ruin it for him and uh, turn away all of his fans, you know. You know, they could, they could, they could hate me. Who knows? Well, no one is expecting me to live stream on Sunday, so not many people are up on my stream yet. So yeah. that's okay. You probably won't. You probably won't upset too many of them. I'm sure. There has to be a crossover of people who watch you who hate mm-hmm. me, and vice versa. <laughs> there's got to be a few. You think? Pe- there's got to be a few people who watch my stuff who must like hate you. You ever think about you that? You think so? I never really think of it has that to, way. Has um, to be at least one. There probably is a couple because the internet is that type of that exactly. Type of place. The internet. We both have over a hundred thousand to- subscribers. There's got to be at it's least totally one possible. person that's like, you know what? I love <laughs> Travis, but that Greg guy, I can't stand him. I can't more stand inter- him. The more interesting thing is uh, <laughs> those that would think that we actually don't like each other, and this is a shock. Like that's a more interesting thought. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's got to be at least one person who would be like, I don't think. Travis would like Greg, and then they like see a gadget cast. I'm like, what? What is I going on? I didn't know this would happen. I didn't know this would happen. The hi- the hypocrisy. <laughs> My gosh, I, I feel like there's like a lot of people like that who where it's like <clears throat> you go on someone else's like stream or you say something nice to them in like the comments, and uh, you know the fans are weird. They'll make up some weird things that don't exist, and it'll be like, mm-hmm. "Wait, I didn't know you were cool with that person. I thought you guys would like hate each other because maybe you had like a different opinion on something." In the tech world, we're all shouting different opinions all the time, and it's like at the end of the day, it's like, "No, that's what makes it interesting. Everyone has like these mm-hmm. different opinions. Everyone is like super nice to each other. Um, mo- for the most part, everyone's like super nice to each other, and it's like it's a good discussion. If everyone had the same opinion, what a that'd be so boring. Be like, oh, everyone thinks this is great." Okay. I feel like there's movies about that kind of thought yeah. process. Mm. Speaking of which, speaking of movies, uh, real quick, I was talking to a friend uh, yesterday. Uh, oh, no, I was talking. So I was on uh, something called the um, uh, Video uh, Influencers um, uh, web, the YouTube channel. And before we went live, uh, we were talking about how, you know, especially with Corona and everything, people using video streaming and stuff was becoming kind of the new norm and he said at one point it is he thought that you know it, it, life will just be virtual and i said have you ever seen the movie surrogates which is essentially like um that pro have you ever seen surrogates no oh sorry it's it's bruce willis is in it. it's actually a pretty good movie it's, it's in the future and the concept is you essentially live your life at home in this kind of virtual pod and then your surrogate, which is like a robot, kind of lives its life elsewhere and you live it through that. It's really an interesting movie. It's called Surrogates. Check it out. It's an older movie, um, but really interesting. Definitely give that a rent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
we might get to that point, Greg, where we just stay at home. We just get into our little pod, live our life through a surrogate that actually is like a robot somewhere else. I mean, we're kind of like 50% of the way there at this point with like the internet and with video games. I kind of feel like 50% of my life is living it somehow virtually and I'm not really doing anything. I'm having like these virtual experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's more than 50%, honestly, at this point. I feel like it's, you know, I'm usually interacting with people on the internet. Obviously, that's probably more than some people because of, uh, you know, I do YouTube and stuff like that. But with like adding up like video games and all this other stuff, there's a lot of time I spend that is like in front of a screen where really, what am I doing? What am I, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at you in front of a screen, I'm talking, but uh, yeah. it's like a virtual thing technically. Like we're not in person and it's kind of weird, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it is interesting for people who don't know that like Greg and I have been doing this podcast for over a year and change and we still haven't met yet. Uh, I mean, I know we will at some point, yeah. but uh, some people might be surprised that we haven't met yet. Um, so yeah. I think that. we would have totally met by now if the world wasn't like, yeah. Didn't go crazy, you know. So it's not it's not like, oh my god, these guys haven't met because they can't stand each other like we started the show with. <laughs> it's literally because we started this podcast and then like uh the world turned upside down when we were like planning to do things. We were like yeah. planning at one point to do like a CES thing and do yep. like an in-person gadget cast, get a bunch of like yep. guests and stuff like that. And one day we will return to that. And I, I'm well, looking it, forward to that. I'll tell you right now, man, the the setup I was at yesterday. I was like, I really want to do a gadget cast here. Now it's it's in what's called Marysville, um, out by me. I'll show you for the people who are here on the live stream. I'll show kind of the setup. It, it's an amazing. It looks just like the Joe Rogan podcast setup. No, uh, I'll show you later. What? No, seriously, like here, I'll be show you. There's the footage. I saw of me you on post like one picture yesterday, and it looked yeah, but, pretty cool. But here, let, let me show you the actual footage from it. It's like, it's called Video Influencers. Uh, and um, it, the setup there is so amazing, and it just looks like I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast. Hold on, let me look, hold on. I'm gonna pull this up, and I'm gonna share the screen. You tell me it doesn't look like I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast right now. Hold on. All right, I want, I want to me, see. Let this. me share this. Okay, this looks, and the setup is insane. Okay, here we go. What, Let's go. Uh, share. What, while you're pulling that up, what are, what are the real chances that in our lifetime one of us will be on the Joe Rogan podcast? Oh my God, that's cooler than the Joe Rogan podcast, bro. It's it. Does that look amazing or what? That's like, that's that's a better set than the Joe Rogan podcast. Look at that. Yeah, it, it's and it's so cool because it's in. He has like a. It's just dope, dude. Being there was look so at that cool. It's such a cool. You look, you look like I, a superstar. What the hell? I know. I look. I look so cool. Look, look how cool I look. That's the Isn't coolest you've ever look? looked. That's the coolest you've ever looked. What is this? So, wait, well, short of okay, short of when I was with Jonathan Morrison uh, doing that. Okay, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. That, No, you know, yeah. I I think back to that. I think back to like when I was like when uh, I was with uh, Jonathan Morrison, and, I, and they were using like that big expensive camera. I'm like, I'm like, I think that's like the best and coolest I have ever looked in my entire life. And it's like mm -hmm. just from like yeah. that camera. And it's like when you have like these people who are like so much more talented than like me or you and they have like these like dope setups and you like go there and you're like filming with their stuff. And it's like, whoa, I look so cool. I know. Right. Isn't it cool? Like I can look cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Is that, that's amazing. You need to like you need to go back there. You need to like study every light position study every equipment and you need to just bring that home and replicate that completely because travis well, you're looking like a boss there i was like i know who, dude who's this well, guy yeah. who's bro, i want to yeah. if if gadget cast looked like that if we had that set up oh my we'd gosh. be a much more interesting show so i'll tell you i'm really listen, jealous said, now he said we can go there whenever we want of course it, you'd have to come out here but it, the thing that's really cool about it is he's got his own like producer in the side and like dude it was cool he was pulling up um uh, during the live stream, he was pulling up um, was it Clubhouse and then pulling up on screen. And 
Oh man, it was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah, the, the soundproofing padded walls. Like it was just very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, I know for the audio listeners, they're like, what are they talking about? You gotta come back to the video show and uh and see Travis in in this light. You'll be you'll yeah. be amazed. You'll be like, I know. What? I was like, damn, I look good. Yeah, Gadgetcast really does need like a producer. I think that would make the show better. You know, we need I agree. we need like a Willie Do type here. We do. Yeah. We do need so a Willie we need we need we need someone who can offer like insightful commentary and just be like, well, watch it in the shower. You know, if we had like someone like that who was like giving us like interesting stories. Usually, the most interesting is science story and then offering like insightful comments like robo fish powered by battery blood like that would be the best show ever a hundred percent we would we absolutely need something like that if you have that type of experience send an email to greg greg at greg if you if you are like a willie do type personality uh yeah send me your resume I'll, i want you to be a producer on the show come on yeah and a cover letter too. It, do, it doesn't pay anything, but uh, but you get to you get I'll to talk to you us. An, I'll pay you an influence. <laughs> there you go. He will he will influence you. You know, uh, Willie do liked one of my tweets not too long ago, and I was like, Did "Oh my really? god, now's the chance!" Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> said, what was the tweet? What was the tweet? I forget. I think it was the MagSafe battery pack when I like tweeted that out, and I was like, uh, "It's like, oh, this looks kind of like ridiculous on the mini." Uh, mm-hmm. He he liked that tweet, I think, and I was like, sure I was noticed it, and I saw it, and I'm like, "Yeah, it was the it was the real Willie do," and I'm like, mm. "Oh, now's my chance! I should like DM him, be like, yo, I love you. Will you uh, come on our show? You know, be a guest. I don't want <laughs> Lou. I want Willie do. I'm, I don't yeah. want Lou. I." I've seen no, enough of Lou. Lou. I want to interview Willie Do. That's all I care about. That'll I be the agree. biggest Gadgetcast interview ever. Sorry, you gotta send him, Sorry, You got to send him clips. You got to send him clips, man. That's yeah, what it is. we got to up clips. the Willie Do game. We got to get that back and uh, we can send him clips. Maybe we can convince him, man. I think, I think we can, but then I feel like if Lou remembers us, he will put the kibosh. He'll be like, no way. No way you're going on that I, show. You know, the thing is, I kind of wonder about that. I wonder if, if Louie even really cares anymore. No, like, I, I mean, I guess I maybe know. he does, but maybe he doesn't. Like, I think he had a, more of a beef with uh, John than us. Like, we were kind it's of true. the small fish in the in the mix. You were, you were like the undercover guy. Most people don't even know that you gave me, you even kind of brought it to my attention to even make the video in the first place. Yeah, so I I skated <clears throat> under that controversy. So maybe I can get Willie Do on the show. I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna That'd be nice. Say, be nice. Let's see what he's doing one day. All right. Well, let's talk about what's going on uh, in the Apple world about privacy and stuff. We got people in the chat talking about it already. Um, so something came up. I wasn't even aware of this. I wasn't really. I've been kind of uh, low key, not really paying attention to some tech news lately. So uh, clue us in on what this new uh, announcement from Apple is and why it's kind of troubling, or what your your thoughts are on it. We saw John it, Prosser's take on it, but uh, I'm yeah. curious what you think. It's really complicated. So I'll just try and give like a very simple version of it, and that is that Apple is implementing a system that is. Basically, and there's a lot of little credits to this, like I said, it's basically going to try and scan your photo library if it's if it's uploaded to iCloud. I believe if you have iCloud turn off, you, this isn't even going to happen. Uh, and it's apparently going to be on device somehow as well. So it's kind of like it's it's very confusing. Uh, but they're going to scan your photo library and basically look for, can I even say what they're looking for? I'm almost afraid to say what they're looking for. I, right? I don't even know. I just got to say whatever it is. Just a child, uh, basically child uh, adult, yeah. adult videos. Yes. Know? Yes. So th- obviously things that no, you know, if anyone was ever caught with that, with Apple's technology, I don't think anyone in the world would really feel bad for those people. Like they deserve to be caught. What they're doing is extremely immoral, extremely wrong. 
Um, but it is also this huge thing of, uh, you know, is this an invasion of privacy? This is Apple, the privacy company who for so long, uh, you know, case after case has resisted uh, intruding on anyone's privacy in any sort of way even if it was something horrible like this, because they ultimately felt that, you know, protecting your personal privacy was uh, the better goal rather than maybe if they could catch a few like criminals and stuff like that. Uh, protecting privacy, everyone's privacy was better than maybe catching a few of these people. And it's, you know, what they're basically doing is taking images that already like I think like the FBI or some database already has that they know are being circulated and they're putting like hashes into it to like categorize them. So I think like if you took a picture of your kid, they wouldn't be scanning those images and searching it. They would only be searching for known images that are out there or something like that. So I, I, it's very complicated. Um, but they would be searching your library in a way, not like physically searching, basically like scanning to see if like those images would match up. And then if they matched up, then Apple would get an alert. And I believe it would be like, you'd have to have like so many images matched up and whatever sort of way to even get that reviewed by Apple by a person. And like Apple's statement was claiming, I think like they're like, it's a trillion to one chance that we would have like a false positive and actually invade someone's personal privacy that we didn't, you know, mean to. So they're saying basically like, there's almost like zero chance that we would ever get a false positive because these are images linked to like known things. Now, other people argue that, you know, this is kind of like a backdoor, especially if you're going off of someone else's database like the FBI. So what stops them from maybe putting in putting an image into that database that wouldn't exactly line up with what Apple's searching for? And maybe that could be a way to eventually invade your privacy. And I get all those arguments um, again, like I said before. I'm all for catching these people. Like, I have no sympathy for them. Like, if you catch these people uh, using this technology, uh, like, I don't care. Like, good. However, um, I don't want my, like, entire photo library being scanned. Like, God forbid you are, like, the one in one trillion that, like, gets this done to them. And all of a sudden, people are maybe reviewing, you know, pictures of your child for some reason. It's like, that's like a huge invasion of privacy. Maybe there's something on there uh, that you don't want them to see or whatever, you know? Uh, so that part I'm all sympathetic with. It's a very slippery slope for Apple, I think, because they are the company that has been advertising their privacy for so long. And no matter what you kind of think of this story, it's kind of like, a, it's a huge shift from what Apple would normally do. You know, normally they were completely kind of hands off, you know? And there are ways to get around this. Like I said, you know, iCloud Photo Library is technically a service. Uh, if you're already using services like Google Photos or you're putting them on Amazon or, you know, Facebook, whatever, a lot of these places are already scanning your photos, taking data from it. So you can even say that Apple's version of this probably isn't going to even be a, as intrusive as those services. But it is 
it is something new for them. Are they going to escalate this even further in the future? I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. Maybe if they're not even necessarily worried about this aspect of the photo scanning, I think most people are looking out into the future going, well, they do this for now, but what are they going to do in five years? What are they going to do in 10 years? What are they going to do if certain governments start pressuring them and say, you can't do business unless we get access to the same technology and we want to use it for something totally different that's legal in our country? And then they're going to have to navigate around that as well. So I'm mixed on it, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I, I don't view it as black or white. I think a lot of people right now have very strong opinions on it. Uh, I get what Apple is doing. I, I, I understand that protecting, protecting a child is, is like very important to me. Like those people are really messed up. And even some of the other things they're doing besides this is they're implementing new like uh, besides this, a separate service of this with a, a lot of people are also upset about is that if you're under the age of 13 and you own an iPhone, yes, there are people under the age of 13 where their parents give them an iPhone, um, you can actually set up parental guidelines. It's like if someone sent your kid like a nude or your kid mm. was like viewing, you know, pornography or something like that, I believe like the parents would get alerted. Uh, mm. I think that's even less of a big deal than this because as a parent, you do have the right to send set parental guidelines for your children that is a that is completely a parental choice that is the parent's choice and under the age of 13 um you know as a child you don't have a you don't have a right to privacy so you know your parents do kind of get a say there and when you're that young you shouldn't really be looking at those images and then especially um we've heard horror stories in the past of like kids getting like baited online from like adults and stuff like that and just horrific stories like that so i think those features are are more important maybe than even the other features that were announced but there's like a lot of internal pressure at apple it's, it's hard to summarize the story i think there's a memo going around at apple right now of like people who are not like on board with this they want to get rid of this feature so even inside of apple this isn't like a completely like everyone's on board with this there's a lot of disagreement right now but yeah. uh, what do you what do you think, Travis? I want to hear your take so, on it. So, um, okay, there's a couple of thoughts here, and I think a lot of it has to do with the basis of what your expectations are um, when you purchase something like a smartphone. Now, up until this point, Apple has been really good about privacy. I mean, they've kind of proven time and time again that their privacy is pretty darn good. Um, I think the joke in privacy right now is Facebook. A lot of people kind of even joke about how bad the privacy is there. But the reality is this, like no matter what you purchase, no matter what kind of, you know, smartphone or, or online service you use, your expectations as soon as you pay money for anything like that, or especially if you're not paying money for it, is that you have no privacy. Like that should be your expectation going into it. Anything you don't want to get caught with, you shouldn't be uploading or anything like that. Like you just shouldn't, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about, number one. Um, now, where we're looking at this right now is just the first step, right? So Apple's doing, taking this in a way that I believe, even though they're scanning your images, they're not really seeing images or seeing this hash and all this other stuff, which, you know, is the point of saying, no one's really looking at your pictures unless something triggers, right? And that's supposed to make people feel better. But what the, the people who are upset, the privacy, you know, people who are really upset about this, think this is just the gateway into more kind of, not nefarious, but, more opening uh, your 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 entire digital life to Apple in a very unprivate way. Now, again, if you go into any, if you buy any of these devices with any sort of expectation of privacy, you're doing it wrong. You are based, now, especially when you don't pay for something. So if you have a service like Facebook or something you're not paying for, they say when you're not paying for it, the actual currency you're giving is your information. 
So you are the currency. It's not that, you know, uh, I mean, your data, your information, you are the currency. That's why you're getting it for free. So the, the point is when people think, well, what if I pay for something, then that's not the case. Nah, I mean, no, it's still the same thing. As soon as you're putting in your information online, if you have to put your information online, it's online. And to be honest, even if you didn't like buy a smartphone or anything like that, so much of your information is already online that you didn't have anything to do with your phone company, your address, your college stuff, your, you know, all that stuff gets put on there. You really have no privacy. So you need to just come to terms with where we are in the world. We do not have privacy. So stop being upset about it. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight back on some of these companies from doing things that aren't right. But your expectations of privacy should be none, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree with that to a certain extent. I mean, a lot of people on this are, you know, watching this on YouTube. And the minute you search something into YouTube, some of your privacy has been taken away because of how much searching and tracking is like going on from a service that we use. Me and you both use YouTube, obviously, so... No matter what, there is some part of our privacy that's already been taken from us from just using one site. Uh, so anyone who's ever used the internet before has had their privacy invaded in some way. Uh, but I do believe there is, you know, a reasonable expectation to privacy as well. So while maybe you're searching for things, uh, that stuff isn't upheld. Maybe even like stuff like your location data, which is super like important, is still like mm -hmm. people are looking at that all the time. But I think people are okay with that kind of stuff. But the minute it starts getting personal and what a lot of people here are worried about is, you know, is someone from Apple or some other service, you know, if they have an algorithm going through my photos, okay. But is is there going to be a person at the end of that looking at my pictures? You know, I, I have... I don't even know. I have so many pictures on my phone that, you know, wouldn't even be like explicit or anything like that. But maybe I have like a picture of like a Wi-Fi password even or, you know, I mean, like something like that or like a secure note or a social security. Card. I don't know. Something I've had to do or scan. Um, even that getting accessed online would be like a huge privacy invasion or just like private moments or something like that. You know, if someone, you know, you know. If you upload to like Google Photos, even if you're on like Apple's photos, even if there's like on-device learning and stuff like that, um, if someone is actually looking at that photo as a real-life person that you don't know, it's mm -hmm. like it is. You feel creep. You'll instantly yeah. feel like, oh my god, what is going on? I don't want that to happen. Yeah, and I think, but, but I mean, that's what's happening all the time. That's that's where that's the that's the world in which we live, and it always freaks me out when people are surprised by this. I love when people, cause you know, I've always been a big fan of like the Amazon echo and stuff. I've had them in my house for a long time. And people are like, well, I would never have something like that in my house. It's privacy crazy. I'm thinking you have a supercomputer in your pocket with a camera and GPS that can take high definition video and stream it on the internet. And you're worried about an echo that can't see anything and can hear you. But of course, doesn't send any of that information unless you cut, shut up. You already have a much more powerful <laughs> piece of espionage carrying it with you everywhere where an echo stays in your damn house. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I And I want, com I like companies like Apple that try their best to keep your privacy intact. I think we need that still. I think other companies like, you know, Amazon and Google should, should uh, strive for that too, or Facebook or whatever. I think we should be striving for that. Uh, but you're right. Like, 
we have lost so much of our privacy by default anyway, just because of the access to technology over the years. And it doesn't seem like that's going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, but I, you know, going back to like this specific scandal, um, it's, it's difficult because I get the argument on the other side of like, this is such a slippery slope and it's hard because out of all the companies out there with uh, their privacy stances, I think I would say out of all the companies and you can never trust a company because the minute something's going to make them a profit, they might feel inclined to like flip a switch, you know, but you know, I can say like Apple's track record with all this stuff over the years has been like pretty good when you compare it against a lot of other people. And uh, a lot of people really do buy into all this, like Apple is like concerned about your privacy stuff. It might be even the reason why people choose to get an iPhone over an Android phone or something like that. Uh, so I think this is a step like that people just weren't expecting from Apple, even if it is gonna match it up against these images that already exist and it has to be seen 10 times by a per, like people in the chat are giving us all this information about like how complex it would be. And Apple saying it's like a trillion to one chance there aren't even a you know trillion people on this planet. So it's basically saying there's like a 0% chance this would ever happen to you. And if maybe if it did happen to you, maybe you're like a journalist researching this or you work for like a security agency who might have these photos and then that mm -hmm. would get all hashed out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, the chances of that happening to you probably are never going to happen to you. But what happens in the future? You know what I mean? Like Tim mm -hmm. Cook, maybe he cares about privacy. Who's in charge of Apple in 20 years? Who's in charge of Apple in, in 50 years? Mm -hmm. And this is in a way, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a backdoor. A lot of people are kind of calling it a backdoor, but it just proves that the technology is out there at Apple right now to have some sort of system where they can look into your photos and scan it. And I think people probably don't care about like they probably are in favor of this in some way but i think most reasonable people can also think ahead and go what happens if apple ever changes their mind and right now apple could be great but you mm -hmm. just don't know you just don't know in the future if a government's going to pass a law that makes apple change some of these things mm -hmm. or apple themselves will eventually get incentivized to change their privacy stance and all of a sudden, everything that you thought was like sacred and secure with a flip of the switch could be made totally different. And that would be like a nightmare scenario that people are thinking about. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that. So there's a remember, reading the, I remember reading the process by which like something gets flagged and then uh, if it gets flagged enough times, it gets manually reviewed by a human. And then if so, it gets sent off or something like that, I believe is what the process is. So not every single picture gets looked at by a human because that a it's untenable. You can't do that. It's just too many pictures. Um, but the, the whole point of it is, um, it, you know, what is this the beginning of? I think, again, like John said in his video, nobody has nobody has a problem with um, nobody has a problem with you know, uh, someone trying to save kids from, from pedophiles, right? Like that's not a problem. We, we all agree that that needs to be done. But the question is, is this just the beginning of something more, you know, kind of like in those movies you see where like everything you do is, by the way, let's, let's point this out. The technology is moving so fast that Amazon, and I, you know, I've known about this for a couple of years before it was released. Amazon right now has a thing where you can scan your hand as your identifier. Now think about that. Yeah. Think about that. So Amazon, a seller of, you know, all the things you love on Amazon prime, um, will have your, essentially your handprint 
They might think, well, so what? It's my handprint. Well, fingerprints being a part of that are obviously an identifier uh, that people use in law enforcement, among other things. And you start to wonder, why the hell does Amazon need your handprint or your fingerprint or anything like that? That's kind of weird. And I understand they're trying to do it for convenience, so you don't have to have your smartphone, but you you have your smartphone with you anyway. It's just weird that the technology is trying to get so convenient, but in that convenience, whenever you have something that's so convenient, your next question should be, what am I giving up in order to get that convenience? Because inevitably you're giving up something. You just need to really pay attention and understand what it is. And in this particular case, your convenience is walking into one of the Amazon Go stores or one of their um, new grocery stores they have, scanning your hand, walking in, buying all the stuff, um, but you've scanned your hand. It, that is insane if you think about it. That technology, by the way, they've been working on for several years, uh, and now it's available in some of their uh, stores. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Amazon has those Amazon Go stores, which, like, you know, it's using, like, an identifier device. You go walk in, you pick something off the shelf, you don't have to go to a cashier, it'll charge you. So there's, you know, a lot of these technologies are being used in a way that is super convenient, right? Like, mm -hmm. who wouldn't want to go to a grocery store, pick what you need, and never have to wait in a long line ever? That would, like, save so much time for me. I would love that if I go into Costco, walk out with what I need, and it just charges my card, and I don't have to worry okay, about it. so here's here's something you don't know. I don't think I've ever said this. I actually used to work on that project, Amazon really? Go, before, before it was ever was before it was out before people even knew what it was i worked on it was that I, your idea <laughs> no it wasn't my idea however i will say this it is so convenient yeah. that you almost never want to go back to a cashier even self-checkout ever again it is so oh, yeah. incredibly convenient and the, the way i used it when we had is use your phone with an app and you scan it that's you know it seems more reasonable but to be able to scan walk in and just grab stuff off the shelf and leave without anything it's matter of fact put it in your backpack it's the best type of convenience ever. It's amazing. It would solve, like, it would make my life, like, like it's one of those things that if every store had that, it would make my <clears throat> life, like, 50% better, I think. And it, mm -hmm. and, and it is, like, it, that is, like, in a way, like, an invasion of privacy, right? Like, by the way, for tracking and stuff like that, supermarkets are the worst. They are tracking. If you have a loyalty card at any supermarket, they know everything every single thing you buy and mm. i'm sure most of the people watching here have some sort of loyalty you know if they give them out for free and they give mm -hmm. you deals on them they give you coupons on them the minute you take that card every single thing you buy in that store they have a profile on you they know what coupons to serve you there was like a story uh a couple of years ago from uh, someone who was working uh, like buying things at target and their algorithm was so sophisticated they knew this person was pregnant before like they did or something like that. And we're what? sending them like, yeah, they were sending them like coupons for like pregnancy items and stuff like that. Yes. It's a real story. Like the algorithms are so smart and stuff like that. So a lot of these stores are already super, super invasive into your privacy and they have nothing really to do with, you don't think you walk into a grocery store. Oh my God, my privacy is being invaded. It's good. You know, it's on the internet and stuff like that. But I assure you, if, if you use any of these loyalty cards, they got a nice big uh, profile on you and they know what you like to buy and they know what coupons to send you. And uh, that can be pretty scary at times because, uh, you know, and, and any of these online retailers really will do the same thing. So this has been happen happening for a long time, but um, there's a lot of conveniences that come out of that. Like this Amazon <clears throat> Go stuff, if that was everywhere, like I said before, I would totally use it. I know it's like an invasion of my privacy, but... To me, that would be worth it. That's a service that would definitely be, definitely be worth it because it's saving me so much time 
And while I might not necessarily care that someone saw me buy 30 pounds of ground beef at the supermarket, uh, some people might. Some people might not want people to know that, yeah. uh, which is reasonable because that's a lot of ground beef. And I don't know how you're going to finish it, it all, Greg. <laughs> I don't know. The freezer's pretty stocked now. I got, I got to do something about that. But uh, I was at my friend's house last night. He goes, I have 30 pounds of mayonnaise. I'm like, I like mayonnaise. What? I don't I don't know how. Well, it's, it's a long story. But yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I don't like mayonnaise. So I'd just be grossed out. By I that. love I love mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there's some people say, I should not use my Safeway. Use your Safeway card, bro. But here's the funny thing. My Safeway card is um, is attached to an old phone number that is no longer in my possession. So it's so someone else is getting tracked. Um, but I don't even care about that. Like that stuff. Uh, some of the stuff you people will be okay with trading the convenience for a little bit of like, okay, you know what I bought at the grocery store? Who cares? Like who cares? Like I personally don't care. Um, but then there's other things like <clears throat> that you might not want out there. And you should be able to have the choice. And I'm just going to tell you, we live in a time of life where your choice of how much privacy you have is so incredibly limited that it's, it's practically impossible. It's almost impossible. It's not impossible. I think there's still some ways to kind of live off the grid, but you're, you're kind of, you you will, you will be majorly inconvenienced to the point that if you actually looked into the things, all the things you would have to do to totally completely protect your privacy very, very few people would actually take all those steps to do it because yep. there's some sort of convenience that you are taking advantage of right now that you would never want to give up. And that's that, like, you don't have to feel bad about that. That's most people, right? We want we want a reasonable, a reasonable expectation of privacy at the end of the day. And we sure. kind of have to decide what's reasonable. And, you know, I think most people understand at, or maybe most people actually don't understand, but most of the people watching this show understand that because you use the internet, because you're on YouTube right now, uh, because you ha- have a podcast player, like there's some part of privacy that is being given up right now. Yeah. Um, so I, this looks like to be a really good subject that people, um, are digging in the chat. If you are listening on the audio podcast during the week, uh, send us a message. Let us know what you think. We'll read up. Did you, did you get any emails this week, this past week, Greg? Did you look? You know, I gotta be honest. I did not look. So of course gonna, not. Because I'll we be know honest, that Greg, I'll be honest. Greg never looks. But anyway, send us an email. Of course, leave us a voicemail on, uh, anchor and we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. We know, uh, listen, it's hot and heavy here in these chats. I love seeing what people are saying. And we know if you're listening to the audio podcast, which oh. there's a tremendous amount more of you, yes. I would love to hear what you have to say. So Do you have I, some emails? No, I, I just got to ask you because I don't know. And I'll give my take on it. Cause I don't think I, well, I got, I guess I kind of answered it. Like, ultimately, are you in favor of what Apple is doing? I think the people mm. want to know. Like, are you, Travis, like everything you've seen so far, based on the knowledge you have at this point, do you think this is a good idea for them to do? Or do you think they should just stay clear of this area? I, I think the safest thing for any company to do is to stay clear. But I also understand why they're doing it. Because there's going to be increasing pressure from these um, organizations that, you know, hey, this this criminal used your device and your service to send this media over. And, you you know, at some point, you have to be like, crap, yeah, I mean, we got to make sure that our service can't be used for illegal and nefarious means. So as a company, uh, as a, I think there's two things. As a brand and as a company. As a company, uh, you kind of need to protect yourself against the liability that as a brand – Sometimes staying out of controversy is the better move, but I don't think they thought this was going to be all that controversial. I think they thought, you know, this is just going to see, be seen as a win and, and kind of people are going to understand the, the the thought behind it. And I think now they're they're starting to see, crap, we're going to have to 
figure out a way to make this more clear to people. What we're actually trying to do is to keep it, um, keep people safe and not try to dig into people's uh, information. Cause Apple would be one of the more popular information, um, uh, potential, like, I don't know what you'd even call it, like an informational store. If they wanted to sell the, the data that they have on people, it'd be insane what they have. I mean, much the same way as Google. I think Apple could realistically, like, I don't want to say this cause it's kind of like, it's very cynical. I think Apple could switch a, a swip a flitch to what am I saying? Swip? Am I not speaking right? Switch a flipped? What am I? I can't switch talk a, right now. Flip a switch. Flip man. a flip switch. A switch. Oh my gosh! Cut that! Out. I gotta switch. cut that out of the podcast. I sound like a moron. <laughs> Apple could flip a switch <laughs> tomorrow and uh, take every every part of your data, every single part of your data, know everything about you, and I feel like. 99% of the people who use an iPhone would still use an iPhone. I feel like I feel mm. like a lot like yes, we would care. We would probably like start like going, "Oh my god, this is crazy." I feel like most people are so the average consumer is so kind of tuned out of this in a way. I don't think they would care cuz you know how many people use like Facebook and stuff mm. like that. I don't use oh, Facebook yeah, yeah, personally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like we said, yeah. I know my privacy is kind of like being like, you know, used in certain ways. I won't use Facebook because I just know like there's too many shady things going on there that while Amazon and Google might take an equal part of my data, I trust Amazon and I trust Google more as a company to use that data mm. for something that's not nefarious. Whereas with Facebook, uh, they've broken my trust multiple times at this point that I just don't want to mm. use their service anymore. But yeah. I feel like Apple could do that. And I feel like most people probably wouldn't care. Um, however... Uh, with this thing, and I, I agree with you, Travis, this is my stance on it. Um, I'm all for taking down these child predators. I don't have any sympathy for them. Um, I think ultimately it would be better if Apple never did anything like this, just because you can already look at the controversy this has stirred for them. This isn't going to make them more money in any way. I don't think anyone's going to, I don't think an Android user is going to go, oh, wow, Apple's really cracking down on child predators. I better go buy an iPhone today because I want to support, you know, no one's thinking like that. You know, that, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But you're totally right. Apple, and I think you're going to see this a little bit more in the coming years. There's a lot of regulation talk with these big tech companies right now. It's a big focus, not only in America, but in Europe as well. And there's a lot of discussions going on on what parts of these big tech companies should be regulated. Uh, should should Apple be able to run an app store? Should Apple be able to make a web? You know, what I mean, should they be able to even ship their own apps on a phone? You might think that's crazy. Like, wait, Apple's not going to ship Safari on a phone. There's literally people in Congress right now who want Apple to only make hardware and they shouldn't be able to make software, which I think is nuts. But these are like the kinds of discussions going on right now. And. Apple can self-regulate themselves for something like this, because think about it. If a politician went on stage tomorrow and said, Apple is letting child predators spread you know, all this stuff online and they're not doing anything about it, how many ill-informed people would go, yeah, that's right, we don't like Apple. We're going to vote for this guy, so he changes that. So at the end of the day, Apple can self-regulate themselves or eventually bigger worse regulation might be coming down. So while there's a million different ways to look at this, I'm not saying I got it right. I'll be the first one to admit, I really don't feel like I, you know, have like the expertise to even talk about this stuff kind of. Uh, I think ultimately Apple sees the pressure from other external agencies. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, 
I'm going to, you know, Apple's privacy stance, like I said, I trust them a lot with this. I think at the end of the day, they're trying to do what is probably best for their customers without truly invading their privacy, like they might actually be getting pressured to do behind the scenes from a lot of these agencies. Because a lot of these agencies, like the FBI and stuff like that, they want a complete backdoor into your iPhone and they want to be able to access every single piece of your data. Yeah, well... Definitely, uh, we'll probably uh, follow up with this on uh, with on future episodes as things yeah, become think, more clear. Definitely, I think definitely Renee Ritchie's working on a video. I'm pretty sure that's going to oh. be a really well, good we'll... explanation of what is actually going on here, and what there's a lot of there's a lot of baloney floating around too of people over over exaggerating exactly what Apple can do here, at least according to what I've seen. So you got to be yeah. careful on the sources you're looking at right now. You got to listen to a lot of them, right? You don't want to run into a bias source. Maybe we're biased. We, you know, maybe we're totally biased. You want to take information from a bunch of different people and then kind of form your own opinion after that. Don't stick yeah. to one source because you might, someone might be like twisting it, you know? 100%. Um, let's real quick go on before we uh, run out of time on the show to yes. talk about the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro coming I, out from Google. What what's your take on this? Because <sighs> I have thoughts. I, have I thoughts. feel like you're going to be more cynical to me because I feel like, and I almost feel rightfully so that you have been, you have been on point about every single Google phone release. I think so far. I think you've had it a hundred percent right on every single phone they've released for like the past three or four years. So I really want to. I really want to uh, listen to what you have to say. But I yeah. do have to say, I'm just going to say mine real quick. Um, I think this is the most interesting looking and some of the most interesting things that Google has tried to do with the phone since probably the original like Nexus phone. And I, I am really excited to actually see what this phone is like when it's out. Yes. Um, this is the, f so you, if you look back at some of their previous phones, there was a couple times where they were quote, targeting the flagship phone. Like they had a flagship version of their Pixel phones, but it never really felt like any of them were a flagship phone. This looks to be from the outside uh, looking in, so to speak, an actual attempt at a flagship. Really the first time really since the Pixels came out that they really appear to have taken extra time to make a flagship attempt. And I feel a couple different ways about this. They, they do appear to be one of the only um, companies that do, do not have a really highly established phone um, that could make a run at flagship. Now, the funny thing is a lot of people get upset when I say this because they're like, oh, they sell a lot. Of Google does not sell a lot of smartphones. Okay, let's just be clear about that. They don't. It's not to say they're not good. People need to separate the thought of selling a lot of phones and being a good phone. You can have a good phone that doesn't sell a lot. And that's just the way it is. And as much as I remember when I did my uh, last video last year <clears throat> about the it's either the four or five or something. And I said, that it's, you know, it's a phone that's not going to matter. And it didn't. People were like, it's number one on Google and Am or it's number one on Amazon. Yeah, it always is number one on Amazon. But Amazon doesn't sell that many phones. You can be the number one selling phone on Amazon and have no relevance anywhere else. And that's essentially what happened. Because if you look anywhere on the top, like 15 or 20 phones sold last year, you will ne'er find a Google phone, period, end of story. Having said that, it doesn't mean those weren't good phones. And this phone looks to be the best of all of them. The one thing that's really interesting is the fact they're doing their own processor. And this is yep. where I have a lot of thoughts. Um, 
most people are going to say, well, Apple does it, but Apple does it in a smart way. Apple has used the same processor across multiple devices. So it makes sense. And they're always going to get their money back because they sell so damn many of them. Google, on the other hand, is spending so much money on R&D on this thing and then manufacturing and everything else. And I don't know what their sales expectations are. And if they're willing to go to war for a couple of years and lose money for a couple of years, fair. Is the processor going to be better than a Snapdragon? I don't know. No one really knows. They could say, well, look at the benchmarks and it's supposed No one knows until that sucker comes out, right? But let's say it is. So what? Like, why did you spend the money to do that when you could have spent that money of R&D making the phone even more premium and even even more? Because in order, you have to rob Mary to pay Paul. If you have $100 million for R&D for a phone and you're spending $60 million on a processor and 40 on the phone, when you could just off the shelf a processor and then put it all into the phone, like what? I don't understand this. You, they reinvented the wheel unnecessarily, unless it's on the level of, of, you know, something that's coming out from Apple. And even at that point, we can do 4K 120 hertz uh, freaking video shooting on all the phones. Like we don't need a better processor at this point. We need better battery life, maybe some better pictures a little bit. And that's about it. Like we don't, they don't need to reinvent the wheel, which they've done. Having said that, they're saying their processor will allow them to do more things than an off the shelf processor will allow them to do. Okay, I'm willing to wait and see if that's true. Every time someone says something like that, three weeks later, someone comes out with a hack for the app that you couldn't do anywhere else. And all of a sudden you can do it on a $30 phone or something. I hate this mess because we see this all the time. Oh, only the newest processor can do this. Some dude in Lithuania makes a hack app and you're doing it through two and a half weeks later. So I, I want to just see if this is, if this is real. Now, even if it's not, I like that they're actually going for a flagship. I don't like the, the alleged pricing because they're implying over a thousand dollars. So I don't know about all that. And I'm trying to wonder where you're going to buy this from. Because again, like if you can't go and have it, if you can't be in a, in a, um, you know, at a place where you're, you're mobile, um, sorry, like T-Mobile or AT&T or something, you can't go into a store and hold it and play with it and all that stuff. The chances of you selling it is not going to be as good, especially when you're kind of an unknown quantity. People understand what Google is, but a lot of them don't know that Google make a phone. So to bring out a Google phone, that might be, that might get you some, some shine for the people who don't know, but you still got to put it in their hand first. I like the way it looks. I like the, I like the idea behind it and I like the potential. I'm just not Sure. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair and probably exactly what I'm going to say as well. Uh, It's been a while since Google's really tried to do a pure premium phone. And it looked like basically like their past two phones, they try to do more budget oriented. Apparently, you know, that didn't work out for them because these phones were nothing special. Uh, I got the Pixel 5 last time or was it this year or last year? I think it was actually like beginning of this year whatever uh mm. i got it it was a good phone but like you compare it against it listen it's kind of hard in android there's so much competition out there even if you make a good phone you look at all the other phones out there and it's like well it's good but is it really doing anything super special and even if it's a well-rounded phone uh you look at something from samsung which is almost like the same price and it's doing <clears> 120 <throat> hertz and their cameras have caught up and the battery life and all this other stuff and you're like you know what it's a good phone, but when you compare it against a lot of these other phones, either A, it's not special, or B, it's worse in some in some scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, this potentially could be... It could be different enough now, because 
num number one, I really do like the design of it. It's so unique looking that mm -hmm. number one, it wins the part of where you see this phone in a, in a glance and you go, that looks cool. That looks cool, right? It's, before, Google was kind of making phones that looked like everyone else's phone. So even if you just saw it, you go, oh, what's that? So I think it's important for them to have their own kind of unique look. And I think they nailed it with this. This is a unique look for a smartphone. I mean, yep. maybe from the back, right? The back. I mean, that's all mm -hmm. smartphones now. But yeah. uh, you see it and you go, okay, you have my attention. And then when you when you look at what they're doing on the inside of it by actually making their own processor, okay, now you have something that no other company can do, that Android can do. Every other Android phone has basically, not every, but basically has like a Snapdragon in it of some sort. And Travis is right, right? I don't think most people are asking for a faster phone at this point. Even some of these lower-end Snapdragon processors are pretty competent in speed, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. However... Travis, you said something before that you want better battery life and you want a better camera. Well, this processor is more than just, we don't know the speed of it, number one, like you're right. It could, it could, be, complete, it could be awful. The processor could be awful if it's their first sure, processor, right? Sure, yeah. But let's just say, you know, they're saying it's going to give us some benefits. And Apple, Apple smartphones have pretty good battery life for the batteries that are in them, which are way lower capacity than most Android phones out there. Google could offer the same thing. Google's processor could be so efficient because they make Android. They know how Android works. They could make the most efficient processor on the planet to a point where maybe you're getting two or three days of battery life out of that. And that's a winning feature there. People will be yep. won over by that if you like, you know what, I got the latest Google phone and I can come home and I don't have to charge my phone for a whole day and it's and it's great. That's this, and that's with pictures as well. The probably in the the other biggest selling feature is picture quality, image quality. Well, Google phones already take amazing pictures. They already have the software there. And Travis is right; you can actually get that software, load it on another Android phone, and get very similar results. But mm -hmm. if Google has a special processor, and their processor is the only thing using like an image signal processor, and they got some secret sauce in there, and because they're making the processor now, they can fine tune these photos even more than they could before. Well, all of a sudden, you could have the best, you know, smartphone camera out there for, and they are doing some interesting thing with video with HDR on this one that they weren't doing on past pixels. And these photos could be extra, extra good to the point where you see these photos and you're just blown away by this stuff. So besides speed, which I, you know, and Apple kind of falls into this trap, the A12, the A13, the A14, these are all incredibly fast chips to the point when the A15 comes out. Yeah, it might be the fastest chip ever, but so what? The other ones were so fast, you're not using full advantage of those processors. They're probably more powerful than some laptops you have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, <clears throat> the fact if Google makes a powerful phone, I don't think anyone goes, oh, okay, that's going to win me over. What wins them over are these small features that are going to make everyone's lives better without them really maybe even necessarily noticing it. And all of a sudden, there's all these efficiencies that they can put into this processor because they control Android. They know exactly what Android needs, and they can optimize it just like Apple does. That's right. one of the reasons why Intel on MacBooks were so inefficient, they drained the battery life. All of a sudden, Apple just shifts over to making their own chips, and you could forget all the power advantages. You know what most people care about? My mm. MacBook Air Battery life now lasts just as long as my iPad does. And that's like, mm -hmm. that's it. That's a winning feature. I don't have to bring yep. my power brick with me when I go to the coffee shop anymore. So yep. these these that could be a winning thing for Google. It's all unproven. That's the sad part. We're, we're just speculating and you yeah. don't know. And if you have to look at history with this stuff, 
Um, and if you look at Google's history with hardware, it is not kind to Google. They have done so much with hardware over the years and have completely abandoned it in less than a year. You look at that uh, tablet they released, and when they announced it, you thought it was a new direction that Google was going in. That thing was abandoned in less than a year. Yeah. I, I do want to say one thing. The one thing that the Google marketing team is going to have to answer, and John in our chat who comes to our live streams very often uh, put it so succinctly, is why would I get a Google phone over a Samsung phone? And that is for the Google marketing team to figure out. And it's going to be the biggest question to answer uh, because everyone knows Samsung phones. Uh, you just have to now be able to answer why am I going to get this over a Samsung phone? Uh, definitely a really great, uh, really great question there. And the, the, the question honestly is, is it has to beat it in everything. It has to yeah. legitimately beat it in everything and have good marketing behind it. So it's not an easy task for Google. It is not. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm really, I'm really curious when we see more about it. And of course, Google kind of quote leaked the phone. Uh, you know, it really, it's not, it's kind of just being really ahead of the game and making sure that more leaks don't come out. Um, we'll definitely find out more about it. I may get it depending on the price. Uh, it'd be the first one that I first Google phone that I bought uh, ever. Um, but it looks interesting, looks compelling. So I, I'm, I'm at least keeping my, I'm at least keeping my mind open on this one, but I think they have an uphill battle. They have obviously put a lot of R and D in the price on this thing is going to be absolutely critical. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to see, I don't know. I don't know. No, you're, you got it right. It's, it's an incredibly uphill battle for them. It's not going to be easy. Like just because they announced all these initiatives and a fancy new phone, uh, it is going to be incredibly hard for them to break into like the you know forget first place forget second place they got to be third place at least with this you know mm -hmm. so they're gonna have to break into that and they don't have the track record unfortunately so even if we love the phone when we get it uh is that even gonna break through to people because a lot of people have liked previous pixels they have gotten they have gotten overwhelmingly positive reviews when they first came out and the pixel one and the pixel two i think are actually like beloved phones in the tech community and even that wasn't enough to make those phones sell in numbers that could compete with Apple and Samsung. And, you know, Google isn't a small company. Ultimately, they want to be on the top of those leaderboards. They want to be a Samsung. They want to be an Apple in phone sales. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you that have been listening here on the live stream, of course, check us out in audio podcast form. You can go to uh, gadgetcast. Where? I don't know. Where, we, where can you go now? Can you go to gadgetcast.net? I don't remember. Uh, you can definitely check us out on Twitter. And where do we have our, what is our, I know our website goes to Anchor. Uh, I think it's, is it gadgetcast.com? I don't even know. The links are in the description. The links are in the show notes. Um, download us for sure. And if you want to see how awesome I looked in that video thing, you have to come to youtube.com slash gadgetcast. Um, we appreciate you. For the people that are in the live stream, we'll hang out for a couple minutes, do a little Q&A. Um, but for the audio podcast listeners, uh, you just got... A longer show than we thought. We actually thought it was going to be a short show. We had two we topics, and uh, hey, we did it. Wow. We We're did great. it. We did it. We're so amazing. All right, Greg, let's do this aftercast for these people that are here right now. We appreciate everyone who listens, of course, and our uh, audio listeners. We love you very much. So we'll see you next week. He's Greg. I'm Travis. This is Gadgetcast. <laughs>